This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Kristen Hughes. The Red House Mystery by A. A. Milne. Chapter 18 Guesswork. The inquest was at three o'clock. Thereafter, Antony could have no claim on the hospitality of the Red House. By ten o'clock his bag was packed and waiting to be taken to the George. To Bill, coming upstairs after a more prolonged breakfast, this early morning bustle was a little surprising. "'What's the hurry?' he asked. "'None. But we don't want to come back here after the inquest. Get your packing over now, and then we can have the morning to ourselves.' "'Right-o. He turned to go to his room, and then came back again. "'I say, are we going to tell Cayley that we're staying at the George?' "'You're not staying at the George, Bill. Not officially. You're going back to London.' "'Oh!' "'Yes. Ask Cayley to have your luggage sent in to Stanton. Ready for you, when you catch a train there after the inquest. You can tell him that you've got to see the Bishop of London at once.' The fact that you are hurrying back to London to be confirmed will make it seem more natural that I should resume my interrupted solitude at the George as soon as you have gone. Then where do I sleep to-night? Officially, I suppose, in Fulham Place. Unofficially, I suspect, in my bed, unless they've got another spare room at the George. I've put your confirmation robe—I mean your pyjamas and brushes and things—in my bag, ready for you. Is there anything else you want to know? No? Then go and pack, and meet me at ten-thirty beneath the blasted oak or in the hall or somewhere. I want to talk and talk and talk, and I must have my Watson. Good, said Bill, and went off to his room. An hour later, having communicated their official plans to Cayley, they wandered out together into the park. Well, said Bill, as they sat down underneath a convenient tree, talk away. "'I had many bright thoughts in my bath this morning,' began Antony. "'The brightest one of all was that we were being damned fools, and working at this thing from the wrong end altogether. "'Well, that's helpful. "'Of course, it's very hampering being a detective, when you don't know anything about detecting, and when nobody knows that you're doing detection, and you can't have people up to cross-examine them, and you have neither the energy nor the means to make proper inquiries.' And, in short, when you're doing the whole thing in a thoroughly amateur, haphazard way. "'For amateurs, I don't think we're doing it all badly,' protested Bill. "'No, not for amateurs. But if we had been professionals, I believe we should have gone at it from the other end—the Robert end. We've been wondering about Mark and Cayley all the time. Now let's wonder about Robert for a bit.' "'We know so little about him.' "'Well—' Let's see what we do know. First of all, then, we know vaguely that he was a bad lot, the sort of brother who is hushed up in front of other people. Yes. We know that he announced his approaching arrival to Mark in a rather unpleasant letter, which I have in my pocket. Yes. And then, we know rather a curious thing. We know that Mark told you all that this black sheep was coming. Now why did he tell you? Bill was thoughtful for a moment. "'I suppose,' he said slowly, "'that he knew we were bound to see him. 
and thought that the best way was to be quite frank about him. But were you bound to see him? You were all away playing golf. We were bound to see him if he stayed in the house that night. Very well, then. That's one thing we've discovered. Mark knew that Robert was staying in the house that night. Or shall we put it this way? He knew that there was no chance of getting Robert out of the house at once. Bill looked at his friend eagerly. "'Go on,' he said. "'This is getting interesting.' "'He also knew something else,' went on Antony. "'He knew that Robert was bound to betray his real character to you as soon as you met him. He couldn't pass him off on you as just a travelled brother from the Dominions, with perhaps a bit of an accent. He had to tell you at once, because you were bound to find out that Robert was a wastrel.' "'Yes, that's sound enough.' "'Well, now, doesn't it strike you that Mark made up his mind about all that rather quickly?' "'How do you mean?' "'He got this letter at breakfast. He read it, and directly he had read it he began to confide in you all. That is to say, in about one second he thought out the whole business and came to a decision—to two decisions. He considered the possibility of getting Robert out of the way before you came back, and decided that it was impossible— he considered the possibility of Robert's behaving like an ordinary, decent person in public, and decided that it was very unlikely. He came to those two decisions instantaneously, as he was reading the letter. Isn't that rather quick work? Well, what's the explanation? Antony waited until he had refilled and lighted his pipe before answering. What's the explanation? Well, let's leave it for a moment and take another look at the two brothers— in conjunction this time with Mrs. Norbury. "'Mrs. Norbury?' said Bill, surprised. "'Yes. Mark hoped to marry Miss Norbury. Now if Robert really was a blot upon the family honour, Mark would want to do one of two things. Either keep it from the Norburys altogether, or else, if it had to come out, tell them himself before the news came to them indirectly. Well, he told them.' but the funny thing is that he told them the day before Robert's letter came. Robert came and was killed, the day before yesterday, Tuesday. Mark told Mrs. Norbury about him on Monday. What do you make of that?' "'Coincidence?' said Bill, after careful thought. "'He'd always meant to tell her. His suit was prospering, and just before it was finally settled he told her. That happened to be Monday. On Tuesday he got Robert's letter.' and felt jolly glad that he'd told her in time. Well, it might be that, but it's rather a curious coincidence. And here is something which makes it very curious indeed. It only occurred to me in the bath this morning. Inspiring place, a bathroom. Well, it's this. He told her on Monday morning, on his way to Middleston in the car. Well? Well? "'Sorry, Tony, I'm dense this morning.' "'In the car, Bill. And how near can the car get to Jallin's?' "'About six hundred yards.' "'Yes. And on his way to Middleston, on some business or other, Mark stops the car, walks six hundred yards down the hill to Jallin's, says, "'Oh, by the way, Mrs. Norbury, I don't think I ever told you that I had a shady brother called Robert,' walks six hundred yards up the hill again, gets into the car, and goes off to Middleston. 
Is that likely? Bill frowned heavily. Yes, but I don't see what you're getting at. Likely or not, we know he did do it. Of course he did. All I mean is that he must have had some strong reason for telling Mrs. Norbury at once. And the reason I suggest is that he knew on that morning, Monday morning, not Tuesday, that Robert was coming to see him, and had to be in first with the news. But—but—and that would explain the other point, his instantaneous decision at breakfast to tell you all about his brother. It wasn't instantaneous. He knew on Monday that Robert was coming, and decided then that you would all have to know. Then how do you explain the letter? Well, let's have a look at it. Antony took the letter from his pocket and spread it out on the grass between them. Mark, your loving brother is coming to see you tomorrow, all the way from Australia. I give you warning so that you will be able to conceal your surprise, but not, I hope, your pleasure. Expect him at three, or thereabouts. No date mentioned, you see, said Antony. Just tomorrow. But he got this on Tuesday. Did he? Well, he read it out to us on Tuesday. Oh, yes, he read it out to you. Bill read the letter again, and then turned it over and looked at the back of it. The back of it had nothing to say to him. "'What about the postmark?' he asked. "'We haven't got the envelope, unfortunately.' "'And you think that he got this letter on Monday?' "'I'm inclined to think so, Bill. Anyhow, I think, I feel almost certain, that he knew on Monday that his brother was coming.' "'Is that going to help us much?' "'No, it makes it more difficult. There's something rather uncanny about it all.' I don't understand it." He was silent for a little, and then added, "'I wonder if the inquest is going to help us.' "'What about last night? I'm longing to hear what you make of that. Have you been thinking it out at all?' "'Last night,' said Antony, thoughtfully to himself. "'Yes. Last night wants some explaining.' Bill waited hopefully for him to explain. What, for instance, had Antony been looking for in the cupboard? I think, began Antony slowly, that after last night we must give up the idea that Mark has been killed. Killed, I mean, by Cayley. I don't believe anybody would go to so much trouble to hide a suit of clothes when he had a body on his hands. The body would seem so much more important. I think we may take it now that the clothes are all that Cayley had to hide. But why not have kept them in the passage? He was frightened of the passage. Miss Norris knew about it. Well, then, in his own bedroom, or even in Mark's. For all you or I or anybody knew, Mark might have had two brown suits. He probably had, I should think. Probably. But I doubt if that would reassure Cayley. The brown suit hid a secret, and therefore the brown suit had to be hidden. We all know that, in theory, the safest hiding-place is the most obvious, but in practice very few people have the nerve to risk it." Bill looked rather disappointed. "'Then we just come back to where we were,' he complained. "'Mark killed his brother, and Cayley helped him to escape through the passage, either in order to compromise him, or because there was no other way out of it. 
and he helped him by telling a lie about his brown suit. Antony smiled at him in genuine amusement. "'Bad luck, Bill,' he said sympathetically. "'There's only one murder, after all. I'm awfully sorry about it. It was my fault for—' "'Shut up, you ass! You know I didn't mean that!' "'Well, you seemed awfully disappointed.' Bill said nothing for a little, and then, with a sudden laugh, confessed. "'It was so exciting yesterday,' he said apologetically. "'And we seem to be just getting there, and discovering the most wonderful things. And now—' "'And now?' "'Well, it's so much more ordinary.' Antony gave a shout of laughter. "'Ordinary!' he cried. "'Ordinary! Well, I'm dashed! Ordinary! If only one thing would happen in an ordinary way, we might do something, but everything is ridiculous!' Bill brightened up again. "'Ridiculous! How?' "'Every way. Take those ridiculous clothes we found last night. You can explain the brown suit, but why the underclothes? You can explain the underclothes in some absurd way, if you like. You can say that Mark always changed his underclothes whenever he interviewed anybody from Australia. But why, in that case, my dear Watson, why didn't he change his collar?' "'His collar?' said Bill, in amazement. "'His collar, Watson?' "'I don't understand.' "'And it's all so ordinary,' scoffed Antony. "'Sorry, Tony, I didn't mean that. Tell me about the collar.' "'Well, well, that's all. There was no collar in the bag last night. Shirt, socks, tie, everything except a collar. Why?' "'Was that what you were looking for in the cupboard?' said Bill, eagerly. "'Of course. Why no collar?' I said. For some reason Cayley considered it necessary to hide all Mark's clothes, not just the suit, but everything which he was wearing, or supposed to be wearing, at the time of the murder. But he hadn't hidden the collar. Why? Had he left it out by mistake? So I looked in the cupboard. It wasn't there.' Had he left it out on purpose? If so, why, and where was it? Naturally I began to say to myself, Where have I seen a collar lately? A collar all by itself. And I remembered, What, Bill? Bill frowned heavily to himself and shook his head. Don't ask me, Tony. I can't— By Jove! He threw up his head. In the basket in the office bedroom! Exactly. But is that the one? The one that goes with the rest of the clothes? I don't know. Where else can it be? But if so, why send the collar quite casually to the wash in the ordinary way, and take immense trouble to hide everything else? Why, why, why? Bill bit hard at his pipe, but could think of nothing to say. Anyhow— said Antony, getting up restlessly. I'm certain of one thing. Mark knew on the Monday that Robert was coming here. End of chapter 18